You know what I'm going to talk about today? Because today is the day that Christians celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the event that separates Jesus Christ from all other teachers that came before him and all other teachers that would come after him. No other religious leader came back from the dead. This is the day that that Christians for a couple thousand years have celebrated that Christ rose from the grave. And I know with, with this many people here that there's mainly three categories we all fall into when we walked in here today. The first one is you don't believe it. How could somebody get up from the grave? How could somebody who was dead go through what he did, be buried, and then get up from the grave? And if you're in this category, you think, I just don't believe that. I just don't see how that can happen. People don't get up from the grave. There's people in another category, and those are the people that have believed in God, maybe even trusted in Christ, but you still have some doubts, and you wonder, could could that really have happened? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if God would have allowed video, videoing and videotapes to be invented several thousand years ago? That way we'd have a tape of it. We could go back and watch it. And we wouldn't have to have any doubts. If you're in this category, maybe you're saying to yourself today, you know, m- mom and dad just told me it was true. I heard about it when I was a little kid in Bible school. And, and well, yeah, it happened, but I'm, I'm not, well, may, maybe not. And, and you're just living with some doubts. And then there are the people in the third category that they believe it happened. You believe it because God said it. You believe it because the Bible says it. And it doesn't matter how many other writings they discover from 1st and 2nd century times, how many other things they say may have gotten left out of the Bible. It doesn't matter to you because you believe it. And you've got your faith in it. And you know, as sure as the clouds are out there today, that it happened. And you know that Jesus Christ got up. From the grave. So it's a challenge. How can I talk about the resurrection and the significance of today when there's people in all three of those groups? Because obviously we don't have time to prove to groups one and groups two that all that actually happened and go into all the scientific stuff and, and, and prove through all that that it happened. How, how do I talk about what the resurrection means in a way that touches all of us? Well, we have to all get ourselves in the same category, on the same seat, on the same playing field. No matter what group you're in that I just talked about, there's one category we all fit in together. Whether you trust Christ or not, whether this is your first time to church or coming to church is just as natural as breathing to you. We all sit in this chair. This is a chair that every person that's ever walked on the face of the earth has sat in. This is a chair that no matter how much money you have, no matter how little money you have, no matter how successful, no matter how pretty, no matter whatever, every human being has sat in this chair. We all sit here today. We all stand here today in need of hope. Don't we? Don't don't you want to know that there's somebody out there looking out for you? Don't you want to know that 
No matter what comes your way, no matter how bad it might seem, no matter how heartbroken, no matter how many struggles you go through, don't you want to know that it's going to get better? Don't you want to know that a day is going to come when it's all going to be okay? Don't you want to be able to go to somebody and hear them say, don't worry, it's, it's going to be all right. We all sit in the category in need of hope. Every week when our creative planning team gets together, we think, how can Sunday morning look in a way and be presented in a way where people that have never trusted in Christ, people that are doubting Christ or trying to find Him, and then people that are firmly convinced that He was who He said He was, how do we make sure we communicate to all those people. The way we're going to do it today is to approach it from a direction we've all walked. Because every person in here, at one time or another in your life, maybe today you feel like you're walking alone. Maybe today is the day you feel like, gosh, preacher, say something because, you know, this is just not working for me. Maybe today is the day you feel like, I can't take one more day walking this road all by myself. Maybe today, in what I have to say over the next few minutes, you will find some hope. Maybe today you'll leave and think, you know what? It is going to be okay. Things can get better. You know, struggles are common to all of us. Everybody that's ever walked on the earth has had to deal with struggles. And no matter where you are in your journey, we're all going to be faced with difficulties, with struggles. The weekend of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, he was struggling too. He was going through a difficult time. You can read about that. In the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they tell the story of Jesus Christ, of his birth, of his teaching, his interaction with others, and the story of what we're going to be talking about today, his death and his resurrection. In Matthew chapter 26, there's a story of Jesus praying because Jesus knows he's getting ready to face the most difficult challenge on earth. Not just, not just death, but he's going to face betrayal and humiliation and he's going to willingly be separated from God, his Father. And just like many of us do, when we get into trouble, when we start to struggle, when we start to feel stress, Jesus prayed. Just like many of us do, when we don't know where to turn, Jesus prayed. He prays because he, he knows he's getting ready to walk alone. He knows that he's getting ready to walk down a road where he's got to go all alone. You ever felt alone? You ever felt like nobody cares? Like you have no one to turn to? Jesus dealt with those same feelings. And as the, the time approaches when he knows what's going to happen, when he knows suffering's coming his way, when he knows heartache is coming his way, when he knows separation from God is coming his way, he begins to just 
feel stressed and anguish. And he tells his disciples, you guys go sit over there. I'm going to go pray. He's saying, just wait for a few minutes. I've got to go pray about this. You know what Jesus prayed about when he went to pray? He prayed about his doubts. Because he was praying that, God, if there's any other way for this to happen, please let it happen another way. If there's any way this suffering could pass me by, let it pass me by. You know what else he prayed for? It's in John chapter 17, verse 20. He prayed this. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he wasn't just praying for himself and for the people around him. He was praying for everybody that would ever believe because of that message. He was praying 2,000 years ago for you. If you have accepted that message of Christ or you're walking towards that, he was praying that night that that would happen now for you. For everybody that's ever going to come to know him, he was praying for them. Not long after this prayer, the betrayal begins. Not just by one of his disciples, but by all of them. Let's rewind a little bit. Three years earlier in Jesus' ministry, he started to call people around him. He started to call people close to him and ask them to follow him and call them out of whatever they was doing and they dropped everything and they followed him. And he picked 12 to be his, his inner circle made up of fishermen and tax collectors and just regular guys to follow him and to share his message with people. He trusted them. He loved them. And these guys, there's no doubt, they were sold out and they were committed to his teaching. One night, Jesus began to tell one of them named Peter that Peter was going to deny him. A guy that had left his business, his family, and he was following Christ. And Jesus said, tonight, you're going to deny me. That was hurtful to Peter. And Peter says, there's no way I'm going to deny you. Even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will not disown you. And the rest of them said, yeah, us too. We feel the same way. Even, even if we have to die, Jesus, we're going to be there with you. And they all stood saying on that night, we're with you. We're on your side. You can count on us no matter what. But they let Jesus down. When the going got tough, they ran. And they let their fear get the best of them. You know, we all do irrational things when we're filled with fear. When fear comes into our life and we're just so afraid of what might or might not happen, we start to do irrational things like these guys did. Even though Jesus said, I know you're going to disown me. They said, we're never going to do it. We're never going to leave you. Anybody ever say that to you? I'm never going to betray you. I'm never going to disown you. I'll be there for you no matter what. But in the end, you got let down. In the end, somebody left you alone, and Jesus knows how that feels because he was left alone. The rest of the story that night into the next day is that Jesus got left alone. 
without any of his friends. They all did what they said they would never do, and they left him alone. And he stood by himself without his closest friends to protect him and to comfort him and to be there for him. We all come to a point in our life where we feel alone. We start to struggle. Maybe today your marriage is a wreck. Maybe another relationship is a wreck and you don't know where to turn. Maybe you're still single and there's just you don't feel like there's any hope in sight and you feel alone. Maybe you're dealing with emotional, spiritual, or financial issues and you feel alone. Maybe you're confused about the future and you feel alone. Well, you're not alone because Jesus went through his trial alone. He went through all that alone so you don't have to be alone. Jesus went through stress so he understands when you go through stress. When you're concerned about the future, and I think a lot of people are really concerned. What's the future going to look like? What's it going to be like? What's going to happen in my life? Am I ever going to find somebody? Is he ever going to stop doing what he does to me? Is this, is this ever going to change? Am I ever going to get that job? And when we get stressed out about the future, Jesus completely and totally understands. In Hebrews 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Did you come today full of burdens or dealing with something that's difficult? He understands. And he can work through people and circumstances to give you hope because he experienced the same things. On that Friday, Jesus identified with us in a way that proved his humanity. On that Friday when he was put to trial, on that Friday when he was beaten, on that Friday when he was crucified, something else happened. Because I don't think it was the fear of the physical pain that made Jesus stressed. I think it was the fear of being separated with God the Father who he had been connected with throughout all eternity. And he can identify with us because Jesus knows what it's like to have a broken heart. God himself knows what it's like to deal with a broken heart. And all of us at one point or another in our lives have had to deal with being broken hearted. And the Son of God knows how we feel when we have that and when that comes into our lives. You know, the disciples deserted Jesus. The Romans didn't want him. The Jews wanted him dead. And nobody was standing in his defense. But there was one thing they'd forgotten. They'd forgotten the part of his teaching where he said, when I am put into the earth, I'm going to come back out in three days. If you try to destroy me, this temple, I'm going to raise back up again on the third day. So when all of this was going on, when people were running, when his disciples were betraying him, when they were pronouncing sentences, when the Jewish people were saying crucify him, nobody stopped to even consider, well, what if what he says is true? What if by killing him, 
He actually comes back from the dead. Nobody even considered on Friday what Sunday was going to be like. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilified. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father. Left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. See, we all sit in the same chair. We've all been in this same category. We've all dealt with Fridays in our lives. We've all dealt with difficult times. 
with times of disappointment, with times of hurt. We've dealt with things that make us question why. But just like the video said, it might be Friday now, but Sunday's coming. Or Sunday's a coming. The resurrection not only offers us hope from being forgiven from the past. It offers us that hope that, that God will look into our past, erase it, and forgive us from everything we've ever done. But the resurrection offers us hope for the road ahead. Some of us right now are traveling on a road that looks a lot like that one. A road that's unpredictable. A road that's got twists and turns we didn't count on. A road that's hard to navigate. A road that might be a little painful. It's the road of disappointment. It's the road of heartbreak. It's the road of confusion and broken dreams. It's the road of disillusionment. But because of the resurrection, we can find hope for that road ahead. After Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, a couple of his followers were walking on a road called the Road to Emmaus. They were headed to this little village, and they had just had the hope knocked completely out of them because in their minds, Jesus was gone. He was dead. They hadn't even considered that he really had risen from the dead. They'd left their jobs. They'd left everything to follow him in the hopes that he was going to set up this earthly kingdom, in the hopes that he was going to free them from Roman occupation. But now Jesus was dead and their hope was completely dashed. It was completely gone. And they've got to be wondering at this point, what was all these last three years about? We followed this guy. He'd never set up a kingdom. And now he got killed. Now somebody stole his body and he's dead. So they're walking on this road of disappointment and they encounter a stranger and they start to tell this stranger about everything that had just happened, about the trial, about the death, about the one they had been following. The stranger starts to ask them questions and they respond in Luke 24 verse 21 is where this story comes from. They respond by saying, but we had hoped he was going to be the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. I would guess many people here today have said those same words, but we had hoped. But I had hoped that the lab results would have come back negative, but I had hoped that my job was stable. I had hoped that he would always be faithful. I had hoped that my health would last. I had hoped to be married by now. I had hoped that she would never leave me. I had hoped we could have a child. I would hoped my kids would have never rebelled. And we'd hoped in one thing, but it turned out to be another. All of us have hoped for something, and it turned out to be something completely different. And our dreams are shattered. And then our disappointment raises above everything else in our life. We've all been there. We've all walked that road. We've all felt those feelings. We've all been right there. And when things seem hopeless, 
Just like the guys on the road, when things seem hopeless like it did for them, when you're waiting on the Sunday to come in your life, remember this. We don't think clearly when we're down and disappointed. So when you're going through one of those times when you're down, when hope seems lost, when you're disappointed, remember you don't always think clearly when you're there. Think about these guys. Jesus was the stranger talking to them, and they didn't even recognize it. He was the one walking the road with them through their disappointment, and they didn't even stop long enough to realize, hey, wait a minute, this is Christ. This is the person we had hoped would be raised from the dead. If you're living with disappointment today, look around you to see how God might be providing hope through people, through a church, through His Word. God's providing hope for everyone. A point from last week's sermon is just because we don't feel God does not mean he's not there because he was right there with him. Oh, we also need to remember that God sees the big picture. We don't. Jesus knew their pain. He knew their disappointment, but he sees purposes that we never see. We all know somebody that they think they know everything. Anybody's kids think they know everything? Yep. Well, we don't know everything. But God does. God knows our pain. God knows our doubts. And God knows our disappointment. God is always there to provide hope. In fact, if you're breathing, if you're alive, there's still hope. In fact, the Bible says that in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 4. It says, anyone who is among the living has hope. Hope was right under these guys' noses, and they didn't even see it. And think about your life and think, is God providing some hope that I'm not recognizing? Hope is not getting what you want. Hope is not having all your problems solved. Hope is looking into the future with confidence. Confidence that no matter what happens, God is in control. If somebody raises from the dead, some good advice is just believe whatever they say. If they get up from the grave, just believe them. Here's the account of Jesus getting up from the grave in Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then they remembered his words. Can't you just see those ladies standing there going, that's right. He did say he was going to raise from the dead. Why did you not remind me of that? And they remembered what he said. On Sunday, things get clearer. Friday, they were confused. Friday, they didn't know what was going on. But Sunday brought clarity. Sunday was a day of hope. And Sunday can be a day of hope. For you, it might be Friday in your life, but just like that video said, Sunday's a coming. In John 10, verse 10, it says that they might have life and have it to the full. 
God is with you to give you that full life, whether you believe it or not. Whether you take him at his word or not, he's still there to give you that full life. And I know that some of you feel like you've lived a lifetime of Fridays. That you've lived a lifetime of heartbreak and heartache. A lifetime of being disappointed. But like that video said, Sunday's coming. I know many of you may still be wondering, yeah, but is there hope for for me? Trust me, there's always hope. God's plan is that we experience hope in our life. His plan is that, that all of us, and all of us have sat right here in this chair, a feeling like there is no hope, but we want hope. God has a plan that every person breathing on the face of the earth experiences hope. Listen to Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days you will pray and I will listen. God wants to give us hope. You know, some of you may still be thinking, yeah, but I've got so many other doubts before I can put both feet in there and say, okay, God, give me that hope. Okay, God, come into my life. You may be still doubting. And that's okay because people doubt that have followed Christ their whole life. I have doubts. It's just part of living by faith is that we do have doubts. If you're here today, and I think everybody deals with doubt, it's perfect. Come the next three weeks because we're going to be going through a series called Dealing with Doubt. And talking about some of the hot topics and the the big things that people doubt about God, about Christ, about Christianity, about the Bible. One thing that I hope today has helped you to stop doubting, if you do doubt it, is that there is hope. That God offers you hope. Because of the resurrection, there's hope being forgiven from the past, and there's hope for the road ahead. And no matter how bad it seems, no matter how many Fridays you go through, there's a Sunday coming. 